When it was evening on that day, the day that Jesus resurrected, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. And if you're um, a little one, a, a kiddo, you can go on to your classroom. Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter. We're still in Easter, second week of Easter. Uh, well, there's 50 great days of Easter, so we'll be celebrating all, all season long. Uh, you remember from last week? Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Well done. It's going to get louder every week, I'm sure. Uh, my name is Jenny. I'm the interim lead pastor here at Emmanuel, and I'm so glad to be with you this, this Sunday for church today. Um, it's been a wonderful week in my house for Easter. Uh, I hope you had the most wonderful day last Sunday, and I hope it's just kind of bled into the rest of the week for you and will continue for the rest of this season. I went home and like laid around the house, and then we went and had dinner at 246, and then I was in bed by 8. So he is risen indeed. <laughs> it was a great day for me. Um, if you are wondering how to engage these great 50 days of Easter, um, they're 10, it's 10 days longer than Lent, and we go pretty hard in Lent. You know what I mean? Like we really think about Lent really deeply and have these practices that we do. And then we say that the Easter is the great 50 days, and we just celebrate during that time. But like what does that actually mean? I think we're actually not great at celebrating this kind of discipline of celebration, we've lost it. I say that as a person who is terrible at celebrating. Um, so I, that's my confession to you. And for this reason, we've made an Easter engagement guide. So if you need a little bit of help on how to maybe engage the next 50 days um, spiritually, I guess it's less than 50 days now, uh, 43 days, uh, spiritually with this kind of uh, discipline of celebration, we would love for you to check out that guide. You can go to um, manualatl.org Easter, and you'll find several resources of things that you can read during the season, um, including that guide. So if you want to know some specific practices, I'd love for you to check that out. Um, I have a couple of like family business things to do today. We're also, as you can see, we're going to baptize. So we just got a lot of like family stuff going on today, which is um, very fun and exciting. Um, but I wanted to say that this is the last Sunday before I go on my five-week sabbatical. And um, so if you, if you weren't here a few weeks ago, um, 
our lead pastor, Matthew, is out on an extended leave of absence, and I am the interim lead pastor. I have been for two weeks, and now I'm about to leave for five, um, because God is funny, and his timing is always weird, <laughs> and, um, but we're, it's going to be great. It's going to be great for, for all of us, um, but for those of you who would really like to know what those five weeks will look like, I think it's, uh, most of us really like clarity, and it makes us feel um, seen and known and comforted and loved, so I wanted to tell you what the next five weeks will look like. Um, I thought we were going to have a priest come from the diocese to kind of come and just lead in my absence, but we have actually been able to find, fill in those kind of holes, uh, the the priestly things and the preaching things, with people who are already in our network. Friends from Trinity, um, Rich Perez, who you all have um, heard a few weeks ago. Uh, so we're, we just have like a an amazing roster of people to come and stand up here and, and preach and be with you during those weeks. So we ended up not even needing someone from the diocese. We're just going to have fun with the people that we know. So Rich will be coming that first week. And then Amy Winkle, who's a longtime Trinity empl- employee. If you know her, uh, you love her. She's, she's great. Uh, she and I were uh, ordained on the same day in this very same room during COVID died. Um, and so I love her very much. The next week, Ashley Matthews will be here. She's the, founding, <laughs> she's the founding pastor of this church. So we are absolutely thrilled that she's coming. It's also her last, uh, the last time we'll hear from her. She's going to move to Fayetteville, Arkansas and pastor a church there. So we'll be thrilled to have her that week. The following week, Amy Winkle will be back with us. And then Rich will be back with us. And then I'll be back. So it'll be a great time. There will be wonderful people here taking care of you all. And I'm just really excited that you get to hear from so many wonderful voices while I'm out. The other thing I want to say just during this time is that so many of you have responded with such graciousness um, and support. You know, a lot of you have said, what can we do for you during this time? And I'm so grateful for that question. Uh, there is a lot to do. Like, there is a lot of, of help that's, that's needed. And mostly what that is, and I know this is a, a boring answer, but is if we ask for volunteers for something, that's what we need help with. Um, if you've ever worked in... Uh, an organization that's run by volunteers, you know how much time and effort it takes to kind of galvanize for those kinds of things. So if we say we need volunteers for something, you can volunteer. That's how you can help. That's, that's going to be the greatest help to us during this season. Um, uh, the next thing that's upcoming is our uh, book clubs over the summer that are so fun and such a great way to connect. We had someone come a few weeks ago and we did the announcement about uh, Matthew's leave, the initial announcement, and he came to the front. You know, I thought it was going to be a, an emotional time. And, and he said, yeah, churches have days like this. That's fine. I'm new here. How do I get connected? And which was so real. And, and that is the reality of so much of who this church is, who you people are. And we want you to feel like you belong here. We want you to feel like it's home here. So um, we want to be able to create space for people over the summer while neighborhood groups are closed or not, not happening over the summer. Um, and book clubs are the way that we do that. So if you are able to host a book club, it can be on anything. Um, someone hosted a cookbook uh, club last year and they had a great time. So you can do it on anything that's interesting to you. You don't have to be like a teacher or a, an expert at discussions. You just have to kind of create a space and give an interesting book out to people. So if you want to do that, um, I should have looked up how you do that. There's probably a button on our website. Or you can email Beth at ATL, no, emmanuelatl.org. I almost gave you her Trinity address, which doesn't exist. Um, so that's all. I, I'm, I'm going to do a sermon, and, um, and then we're going to baptize some people, and it's going to be a really, really good day. I, heck yeah. 
I, uh, I love this text that we read today, and, I'm, and I don't have time during this space to talk about Thomas, which is actually the largest chunk of this text. Um, but I will I'm hopefully say a little bit at the end, but I think this part about Jesus and the way that he comes to his terrified disciples is so important. And as the second Sunday in Easter, the second Sunday of thinking about Jesus being a resurrected person, this moment where he comes close to them is so vital, so important. So I wanted to kind of land on there for the next few minutes. So Jesus has been raised. He has been resurrected. And Mary Magdalene has seen him and has gone to tell the disciples what she has seen. And, uh, and now his disciples are in this locked room. They are terrified. So why are they so scared? They're scared because they're afraid that if they continue to believe, they continue to follow Jesus, that the same fate that he met will be their fate as well. Obviously terrifying, right? They just watched um, their leader, this man that they loved, die. And um, so now they're waiting in this room trying to figure out what, what is next for them. And then Jesus appears. Jesus comes into the room, and what does he say to them? He says, peace be with you, which is a really important thing to say to terrified people, meaning you don't have to be scared anymore. And then what he does is he shows them the nail marks in his hands and he shows them his side um, where it has been wounded, where the scar is. And he tells them, they like, touch, them, touch me, you know, like have an experience of me. And what Jesus is doing there is, is saying like, I want you to be as close to me as possible. I want you to, f- to feel me literally and to know what I've done for you. I've been thinking a lot about this reality of like Jesus still having scars even when he's been resurrected you know like the Messiah dies comes back to life his heart is beating but he still has all these scars and how beautiful that is and I used to think you know like maybe all of our scars like the weird scar I have on my knee from when I was in eighth grade and slid into third base like maybe that'll go into heaven with me I'm not as convinced now mostly because I think the scars that we have from love will go with us you know like all the other things will kind of be um, will be healed in our resurrection but Jesus clearly shows that the, the, the scars from love remain with us they never go away it made me think about those of you women in here who've had c-sections and I think maybe your c-section scars will go with you into heaven because that's something that you did for love Um, which is a really beautiful thing. So Jesus shows him these scars, and then he says, peace be with you a second time. And this time he breathes on them, and he says, receive my spirit, and he gives them the Holy Spirit. So the first time he says, peace be with you, he shows the scars, and the second time he gives them the Holy Spirit. And everything that Jesus is doing in this moment for his disciples, Jesus wants to do for all of us all the time, which is that Jesus wants to speak peace to us. He wants to come close enough that we can experience his love for us, experience his presence as close as another human being's body. And then he also wants to give us his spirit to not just have an experience of him, but to have an experience of what it, what it is like to like be with his spirit, to be in his presence forever, not just for like a moment like these disciples. Every time I read this text, I think about Romans 8, verse 11. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through this spirit that dwells in you. Did you know that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the spirit that lives inside of you? 
That is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. Amen? Amen. That's, a, that's great news. I want to tell you that that is really great news because that is the power by which you live in your life, that you experience Jesus, that you experience God himself is the Spirit, the Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. This is good news for us for so many reasons. One of them being that what Paul's saying to us here is that that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that will eventually raise you from the dead. That when Jesus returns and all is raised back to life, the same spirit that hovered over Jesus's tomb and brought him back to the land of the living will be the same spirit that lays over your tomb that resides over you and pulls you back into the land of the living. That same spirit isn't waiting for that moment to be with you. That same spirit is with you even now. So you don't have to be dead for this to be good news. This spirit is alive in you now. This is the spirit that takes you through the season of Easter, that we are meant to come to know. We are meant to be brought to life by this spirit, as much resurrection as you can have before you die you should have, you should experience that kind of new life you were created to experience, an abundant life, and only the Spirit can give it to you. And the Spirit has it in um, endless supplies. The Spirit has endless power to bring you into new life. So I'm so grateful for um, baptisms. They always kind of like bring me into like what the reality of whatever we're reading, whatever we're talking about. Um, it just gives it more weight, you know? And I feel like in baptisms, we're witnessing this exact kind of new life that Jesus is offering his disciples and breathing on them and giving them the Holy Spirit. That something like new is happening in these waters, in these, the lives of these people being baptized, even the babies being baptized. Like infancy is not too small for the Spirit of God to work. Uh, God is at work here. This is not mere symbolism that's happening in front of us. God is actually present, we believe, in working in these waters and doing something new, creating something new. In baptism, just like in the Genesis story of creation, the Spirit of God hovers over the face of the deep in order to create something new in the world. And he doesn't do it through power and might. If you've ever read any other ancient creation stories, people end up dead in them. <laughs> like the world gets covered with blood and that's how it becomes what it is. Like that's what other creation stories are like. But the Jewish creation story, the creation story that we also have is this story of God coming close to the earth and hovering over the like darkness and chaos like a mother hen hovering over her eggs until they're ready to hatch, like until the new thing is ready to be born, ready, ready to be birthed. That's the imagery we have in Genesis, is the Holy Spirit coming close and hovering over until the new thing is ready to be born. The Spirit hovering is one of the most intimate and loving images, and we get, we get to see it over and over again in the Bible. I love that through this image and many others that God shows that God is comes close to us. That is God's intention. As we talked about last week on Easter as well, that God's intention from the beginning was to be with his people, to dwell with us, to give us measurements for a tabernacle and a temple so that he can be with us, to send his son to die and rise again so that he can be with us. This is always God's intention, to come close. That's the message, I think, of this text. This is why Jesus comes close to his disciples. He comes close, he hovers over, 
He gives them the spirit and he like waits lovingly until something new is birthed in them. I love the image of the spirit hovering over the face of the deep because of this like hen imagery. And that's the spirit that's over these waters, whether you can sense it or not. Like that's what's happening in this room right now. The spirit hovers over the face of the waters, not, spe- not because it's how God wins. That's not the point. The spirit hovers over the waters. Jesus gives us his spirit because it's how he comes close. God wants to be close to us, so he sent his son. And Jesus wants to be close to us, so he sent his spirit. God is bound and determined to be close to you, to be close to me. That's the spirit of Jesus in this post-resurrection moment with his disciples. That's how he's coming to us today and in this season. And so I pray in this season that this will be like the Jesus that you come to know is someone who is just longing to be closer to you, for you to have a very visceral and real experience of who he is, what he's like, and to have the Holy Spirit sort of like breathe new life into you. That whatever the dead things or the doubtful things or the dark or scary things in you that have been in you for however long, that God would like breathe on those things and that they would be raised to life again in your practicing of celebration in the next 50 days. As you practice being a resurrected person, you practice being more like Jesus because he is a resurrected person. Amen? I promised you I'd say a little something about our friend Thomas, doubting Thomas as we call him. Um, which I used to think was a terrible name for someone. What a horrible legacy. Um, And yet now I think, what a great legacy, you know, for someone to hold that first before you and before me. Um, You know, Jesus is the the first fruits of the resurrection. He's uh, the firstborn of the new creation. And we see him as that in this story. And I think of Thomas as the kind of like firstborn of those of us after the resurrection who have trouble with it, (laughs) who have trouble believing it, you know, or have trouble understanding it or being close to Jesus and all of it. And if there is the resurrected one, there is also the doubting one, but they go together, you know? And I think that Thomas is actually really good news for you and for me and for, for two reasons in particular. The first is that he wasn't forgotten. Jesus does come to him. Um, He was not left behind in everything that happened in the resurrection. Um, You will also not be forgotten in everything that happens in the resurrection. Jesus will come to you. He will be with you. He wants to be close. And secondly is that Thomas doesn't require what he thought he required. You know, he thought he was going to have to like really touch Jesus in order to know and, and he didn't. He just saw Jesus. He just had a meaningful encounter with Jesus, and that was enough because the presence of Jesus is always enough. And so for you, wherever you are, if you're feeling more like Thomas today than, than the rest of the disciples um, who are all, you know, proclaiming, I have seen the Lord, my prayer for you is that you would have that kind of closeness and experience with Jesus that Thomas did, that you would feel seen and known by him, that he would come so close to you and you would like feel the very presence of the living God, of Jesus Christ. I pray that for you in this season, this Easter season, that you would be uplifted by the spirit of God, that you would come to know Jesus, that you would be like raised to a sort of new life in the next uh, several weeks. Amen. Um, I am 
leaving you for five weeks, and I just wanted to say I love you, <laughs> and I'm going to miss you all very much. Um, I think it's going to be good for all of us. I, uh, in my panic about leaving the church, you know, I the thing the Lord keeps saying to me is that His power is made perfect in weakness. So I'm fully expecting the next five weeks to maybe the best, be the best that this church has ever had. So I can't wait to come back and hear all all the stories. Um, So God bless you all, and um, I hope you have a wonderful Easter season, and I will see you on Pentecost Sunday. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Matthew, the lead pastor at Emmanuel Anglican Church in East Atlanta. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We are disciples of Jesus who are seeking his kingdom and the flourishing of our neighbors. And if you want to find out more about Emmanuel and what's going on, just hop over to our website. The address is Emmanuel, that's with an I, EmmanuelATL.org. Thanks so much. God bless you. Grace and peace.